well, perhaps we have been going through transformational change. I would argue that we've been talking a lot about going uh, through transformational change. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that we were actually doing it because if we were doing it, we would have a greater appreciation for higher education meeting the needs and expectation of those we're in service to. And that would be communicated to us from students, from graduates, from industry, from communities that we're in service to. I mean, the biggest obstacle to the transformational change in higher education is higher education. It's us. It's our mentality. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. My guest this week is Dr. Brendan Kelly, president of the University of West Georgia. Brendan previously served as Chancellor of the University of South Carolina Upstate and Vice President of University Advancement at the University of West Florida. Brendan became UWG's eighth president in March of 2020, a month we'll all remember when we closed our schools and workplaces. Even so, Brendan led the development and implementation of Becoming UWG Strategic Plan to establish a path toward long-term growth and excellence. This work with the strategic plan showed how bold and experienced of a leader Brendan was as he created a futuristic vision for students, faculty, staff, and community members to contribute to. And over the course of four months, he really focused on gaining input from multiple stakeholders. And we held hundreds of discovery sessions that provided insight and that drove the development of the strategic plan. Brendan will deliver one of the keynote presentations at our virtual conference, Destination High Performance, Higher Education on May 17th and 18th. We hope you'll consider joining our higher education leaders like Brendan from around the country who will share their successes and bring hope to the future of higher education. You can learn more by visiting studereducation.com slash events. Today, we'll hear how Brendan managed through that leadership transition during the pandemic and how he set, set foot ahead for managing through and leading the future of higher education at the University of West Georgia. So it's my pleasure to have Brendan on the show today. Dr. Kelly, welcome to our show today. It's great to have you with us. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. So let's start with the first question. You and I have had a chance to work together over the past several years, first with your first presidency and now your second. So over the past year, you've been selected the president of the University of West Georgia. What aspects of your past experiences have prepared you for this particular position? Yeah, it's a great question. I will tell you that over the past year, I was uh, very grateful to have been a president before because of the immense challenges that we began to face. But but I I will tell you the things that probably gave me uh, more confidence in navigating the elements that were in my toolbox from past experience were, one, a PhD in political communication. (laughs) (laughs) I say that because (laughs) political communication is often focused on tensions uh, between things. It is making argument and overcoming obstacles, and it often embraces the negative. And when we went into a pandemic year, the level of anxiety in our society really went up without clear identifiers (laughs) of where that anxiety was sourced. So just kind of understanding human beings and and human communities through that lens was helpful to me. 
Additionally, having navigated crises in higher education in the past, both as an executive and being on the receiving end in, in other leadership positions and academic affairs were really helpful. You know, we, we faced so many different challenges, both financial and societal this year, that being able to rely on experiences where, you know, you've been through the crisis and you came out on the other end, that gives you a roadmap. Uh, you know, I, I kind of go back, Mike Tyson always said, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Well, you know, I think as an industry, as a university, as a state, as a nation, we got punched in the face about six or eight times uh, and really were forced to pivot. Knowing that you come back from that was important, at least for me this year. Yeah. You know, and as we think about it, Brendan, the pandemic, I mean, helped us move through transformational change in an unbelievable way. But we were going mm -hmm. through that change prior to the pandemic in higher ed. It just we just had it accelerated for us a little bit. So I'm going to ask you, you know, two questions, just the kind of natural questions. What are the biggest opportunities that you see in front of us in this transitional time and transformational time? Um, and then we'll come back to, you know, what are the obstacles or the challenges? But Let's start with, you know, what are the opportunities that we have now um, as we continue to transform? You know, I, I love this topic and question. I, I would I would challenge the question, the, or at least the premise of the question. At first, though, well, perhaps we have been going through transformational change. I would argue that we've been talking a lot about going uh, through transformational change. <laughs> yeah, good point. I'm, I'm not sure that we were actually doing it, because if we were doing it, we would have a greater appreciation for higher education meeting the needs and expectation of those we're in service to. And that would be communicated to us from students, from graduates, from industry, from communities that we're in service to. And that's not what we hear. What we hear is a call for higher education to go through transformational change. And then we have been discussing it. Now, 2020 opened that conversation up in an entirely new way. And, and I love the first part of this question, what are the biggest opportunities? Well, the biggest opportunities are for us to start to run toward those expectations. I mean, if you have industry and communities and graduates and students saying, here's what we need from you, this is our opportunity to embrace that call, to change the way in which we shape credentials and deliver credentials, uh, reshape how we're going to appreciate uh, diverse types of learning and the types of experiences that are going to come along with a university education that are going to be distinctive from any other deliverer of higher education or post uh, high school graduation education so that we can make certain that we're demonstrating the value of not what we deliver, but what we are capable of delivering in the 21st century. For me, this was the opportunity to embrace the transformational change as hard as it is. This, that's the, the big opportunity on the table for us to become what people have been asking for us to become for some time. Uh, on the obstacle side, it, it is the exact reverse amidst all of those opportunities, amidst that opportunity to run toward the expectation of those who are in service. Gosh, the Chronicle of Higher Education is done. Uh, and Lumina Foundation have done articles over and over and over this year about our fierce defense of the status quo, our unwillingness to accept new ways of doing our work, embracing new responsibilities, embracing you know, new ways to deliver higher education, new circumstances to do that under. I think back 
you know, 10 or 15 years ago when we were sitting and having all of these debates about online education. But somehow in two weeks, all of America can go and deliver online education and not without troubles, not without us underperforming in some areas. But we were also able to diagnose a lot of those and move forward. I mean, the biggest obstacle to the transformational change in higher education is higher education. It's us. It's our mentality. I really hope I really hope that we are strong enough as an industry to overcome that commitment to the status quo, embrace and accept what the society needs from us, and and then go and deliver it in new ways that just, you know, inspire a new generation of learning and thinking and imaginative invention. Yeah. And never in our wildest dreams did we probably think that we would be sitting here today knowing that we'd have that opportunity that this quickly and right in front of us, you know, so, so exciting and so energizing, you know, so as we think about that, Brendan, so you came to the institution, you went into a pandemic or in the pandemic when you actually took the, the president's role, but you still had to run a university for a year. (laughs) You know, you still had to, you still had to do, do the things that a a first year university president would do. So what were the most significant actions that you think that you did as the leader of the institution in your first year? Well, that's a long year, Janet. <laughs> I, I know. I thought about, wow. <laughs> what do you choose? <laughs> you know, the, the other day, my, my, uh, the other Dr. Kelly and I were driving in the car and she looked up at me in the sunlight and went, wow, you've got a lot of gray hair. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that, but yeah. So I, I will tell you, uh, the timeline moved so fast. I started early because of the pandemic. It was supposed to start April 1st. I started March 23rd. That was probably wise. We waded into such a complicated set, set of circumstances, and there were, there were no really good answers to any question, nothing that was really desirable. I wouldn't say good. I would say desirable because the circumstances were so hard. Uh, we didn't have students on campus. We didn't have employees on campus. Uh, we were shut down, shifting to online. I didn't know anybody. (laughs) I couldn't get to know anybody because we were all remote. And as a new person coming into a community, you start to see the deficiencies that come along with Zoom very quickly and the lack of acquaintance relationships and just the ability to get to know each other. It's uh, it's very challenging. But but we made some moves that were important to the health and wellness of the university. And I'm going to acknowledge on the front end, many of these were not popular. I do believe they were correct for the state of Georgia, for the university system of Georgia, for the university of West Georgia. And my default was always health wellness of the student. How are we going to put students in the best position to be successful? Because the things that I did know about the university of West Georgia were where we performed in graduation and retention and and enrollment and progress toward graduation is everything. And what happens to a student after they graduate, whether it's from doctoral school or undergraduate, is a big part of the measure of what we provide human beings. So we experienced a large budget cut, one of the largest in the history of the state and university just a few weeks after I started. And we had a very short period of time, 10 days to deliver the plan for this institution to the state. That was really challenging. And we erred on the side of uh, restructuring the university, uh, tightening our belt in certain areas, but knowing that we would have to uh, address the, that tightening later, we could only do so much of that. We really had to restructure the university to save costs and make certain that we could still deliver the best possible experience that we could 
uh, we were able to preserve every academic program and every faculty position in that process, which we're very proud of. But that didn't mean it wasn't hard afterwards. You know, additionally, we, we, along with other institutions in the state of Georgia, uh, we reopened in the fall. That was hard. It's hard to reopen with masks, all of a sudden putting you know, students in a position where they get their dream and they get to have their own you know, residence hall room <laughs> when yeah. they start college. Because all of us remember these horror stories about having a roommate and whatnot. But that's, a, that's part of the rite of passage of coming to a university. And many students miss that. By the end of the first semester, students were requesting roommates because they were becoming isolated. We were delivering a lot of portion of our courses face-to-face and figuring out how to do that with limited students in class each time, some, some online and some face-to-face. However, reopening and trying to get college back, that was a difficult task, but it, it was a good positive action in the right direction. It reminded people that there's more to our human experience than surviving the pandemic and kind of got people moving. I will tell you probably the most important one, despite all of the challenges and criticism and, and you know, kind of the, the anxiety of this year, keeping a positive outlook. Despite everything we've been through, I don't, I, I see just as much opportunity for the University of West Georgia now as I did when I got hired. And a lot of that came from the fact that we made a choice uh, about six weeks after I got here, while we're still shut down and everybody's running around going, we don't know what comes next. We entered into strategic planning and executed a strategic planning process that allowed us to come out in you know, February of this year, having had 1,300 people involved in that process and almost 300 hours of discovery sessions and, and a plan for the future that embraced the 21st century, put the University of West Georgia on a path to go and meet the future instead of just dwelling on what we were no longer. And I think while that's a, a hard process, it's a challenging one, I think it was a very significant action for us to have positive progress in a year where there wasn't a lot of positive progress. Yeah. And it was very positive, Brendan, and, you know, pretty and healing for people, you know, as part of that process in many ways. And um, just the bold actions that you took last year, it's hard to look back right now because we're not out of it long enough. But boy, I think when we sit here two or three years from now and look back, we'll just see how significant the, those actions were to position UWG to be something really special and continue to be. As we, we've been talking about what you've done and and we're talking about leadership in general and you and I've had conversations about you know the changes that are going to occur in leadership over the next decade next 3 to 5 years to a decade in higher education you know so this last question is as we think about what's in front of us in higher ed you know what will that future leader have to look like that's an interesting question. Uh, not like the leaders of, of the past higher education is asking for something different now. People who can uh, operationalize change. You know, I, I very much reflect on the type of t- transformational changes that have occurred in other industries. Uh, I obviously come from Michigan, so I can reference the auto industry. And I know a lot of people would say, well, higher education is totally different. Well, I don't, I don't view it through that lens. Uh, because I don't think most industries are entirely different. I think higher education is a lot like healthcare. I think those two industries have a lot of good comparisons, and healthcare has been through a lot of transformation. We're, we have to go through the same thing, and that's going to mean 
stark organizational change. Obviously, we're watching state governments, state boards of regions and, and the like direct a lot of that change across the country for public higher education. I think the types of leaders that we, we need are, and you know, a colleague probably put it best to me yesterday. She was referencing another university president. She didn't tell me who had said to her, you know, we needed innovation, but innovation is not good enough for the 21st century for higher education. Now it's about imagination. <laughs> we need people who can see things that are not there yet. People who can imagine structures and ways of doing uh, that don't necessarily exist. And then we need them to have the, the, a steely enough spine to actually take the organization there. Because I think what we're going to see if we don't, if we don't have that type of leader, we're going to see organizations not just suffer the way we have at different points over the last 20 or 30 years in higher ed. I think we're going to see the, an emboldened trend of institutions uh, disappearing. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't see how, how the marketplace will bear the infrastructure if we don't figure out how to make it work better for the people we're in service to and the industries we're in service to. You know, Janet, there's one thing that I would highlight in that, and I know you and I've had a chance to talk about it before. 50 or 60 years ago, American society didn't rely on higher education for their talent. 50 or 60 years ago, you could go and get involved in the economy and get involved in leadership in the economy and, and not have to have had to go to college, right? And then things changed and the knowledge economy began to grow and become fundamental to who we are as a society and as a, a national economy. And then universities became pipelines for the type of talent that fed that knowledge economy. So now there's a greater reliance on the talent that we produce. <laughs> and yeah. we need leaders who understand those connections and can organize universities around being able to deliver that to the economies, industries, and communities that rely on us. I think that's a really important thing for us to understand because if you go on a lot of university campuses, we don't, that, that conversation is resisted a little bit mm -hmm. because it's, it's inconvenient for us uh, as universities. But it is essential to America. <laughs> so, right. And, and we all have to be working together in this thing to make it successful. So leaders who understand how to connect those dots and have the skill set and strength to work through transformational change is going to be necessary, in my view. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, Brendan. And, you know, just as we look at change in the future, it's the constant shift and change and the ability to have the agility to that change and to build a team of people who can work toward that continuous change. You know, we're, we're not in a place where, where uh, you know, it's, it's continuous change, as John Cotter says, it's continuous change and not episodic change, right? We're just always yeah. leading through change. You know, it's, yeah. it's just part of what we have to become, which is, which is what, where you thrive and where you're, you've just, you've done such an excellent job. And I just enjoy the conversations we have, and you're going to be a great leader at UWG and continue to provide great influence into the profession. And I'm glad I get to be a part of that. Thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you. And I'm glad you're a part of it too. <laughs> thank you. Brendan's ability to clearly communicate a bold vision aligned to where higher education needs to change and grow positions the University of West Georgia, Georgia to be a model organization for others to learn from. 
I look forward to hearing his keynote, Becoming UWG, Positioning the University of West Georgia for Success in the 21st Century. So join us, please, at our May conference, May 17th and 18th, to hear from your higher education colleagues. Join us by getting to studereducation.com slash events. We'd love to have you there. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and find us on Instagram. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.